the giant. Thinkers. Giant Thinkers. Giant Thinkers Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm Ram Castillo, and in this podcast, I'm bringing to you top experts from various industries worldwide to learn from their success and to help us become better designers, creatives, and giant thinkers. G'day, Giants. I'm Ram Castillo. We have officially hit the 20s, episode number 2-0, with a guest who is the founder and CEO of NLP Academy Australia. For those that haven't heard of NLP before, it stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, and it's a name that encompasses the three most influential components involved in producing human experience. That is neurology, language and programming. NLP methods include modeling and adopting the skills and behaviors of exceptional people, then using that to acquire your own goals and objectives. Some of the topics we chat about include four NLP action steps we can apply immediately, behavioral integration, understanding rapport and how to use it effectively, the definition of anchoring and how to use it appropriately, and reframing the mind with a powerful technique to help us shift to excitement as opposed to negativity. Before we dive into that, I'd like to mention that this episode is brought to you by Solver, S-O-U-L-V-E-R. It's an app that basically functions as a calculator, spreadsheet, and notepad all in one. Solver lets you do quick calculations and figure stuff out. Just type your problem and Solver shows you the answer. It's smarter and clearer than a calculator and quicker to use than a spreadsheet. It's available for Mac, iPad, and iPhone. They've even been generous enough to give Giant Thinkers listeners 20% off. The discount is already applied if you head to giantthinkers.com slash solver. That's S-O-U-L-V-E-R. The clickable link is also on this podcast post. And a range of people are using this from all over the world, from designers, students, teachers, engineers, business people, and even those suffering with dyslexia. Grab it at giantthinkers.com slash solver. Now, it's with great pleasure to introduce to you someone I deeply admire and who I've learned so much from. It's the NLP master himself, Aaron Longmore. Aaron Longmore, welcome to the Giant Thinkers podcast, mate. I really appreciate you making the time to hang out with us on the show. Thank you so much, Sam. So honored to be here. Can't wait. I um so, so happy, so honored, so privileged to, to be amongst um the likes of yourself and your audience. So thank you so much for having me here. That's really cool. Thanks, Aaron, for that, mate. Um, so for the audience, by the way, uh, you know, uh, we actually met uh, sometime last year. And every time we chat off air, I can't help but get excited and energized because of our mindset and uh, values, uh, which really align with each other. And I know you're going to be delivering some helpful and actionable insights uh, to the listeners uh, from your unique expertise, which (laughs) we'll dive into soon. So uh, the first question for you is a little icebreaker. Uh, If you could have one wish granted, what would it be? What would it be if I had one wish? I think, you know, my, my big wish at the moment in the world is that people could evolve. Like I really, really hope and pray and, and I work towards this every day that people could just evolve beyond the, the thinking of I need to, I want and move, move towards a, a place of I have and I am, okay? Just to have something, actually, I'm going to say this differently. The, to get to a place where whenever I do something, whenever somebody does something, it's, is it good for me? Is it good for others? And is it good for the environment? And if it ticks a no in any of those boxes, then they don't do it. Hmm. I really, I really pray that people evolve to that spot. Mate, I love yeah. that. Big, that's a big opener, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, let, we we got uh, coming out of the gate swinging. <laughs> that's awesome, um, mate. That's super cool. I totally agree with that, and uh, I'm sure we're going to talk more about that thinking um, throughout this episode. So, for the listeners, can you tell us where would you say your expertise lies? Um, from, from what I do with my business, I, I think, you know, my, my biggest expertise, where would they lie? It would be, you know, finding out what somebody wants, any person in life, you know, whether it's business, whether it's family relationship, 
social, whatever it is, what they want in life, finding out where they currently are and what problems they're facing to, that stops them from getting there. My, my, my expertise would be linking and bridging the gap between that. So then people, more people in life can, I don't know, maybe just be happy, but they can go out and get what they want mm. opposed to living a life of I'm not happy, I'm unhappy doing what I'm currently doing. Yeah. And what context would you, would you say uh, that is executed in? Um, you know, there's a lot of motivational speakers out there. There's a lot of yeah. um, life coaches out there. Uh, but yours is, yours is a little different, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And it's, and this is the hard thing about it. It is, you know, especially from a, for me, for finding the people I work with, it's, it's so vague in what we can do in the skills that we teach that, you know, it's kind of hard to answer that, but I would say that it's more of a place, especially coming from a corporate background, you know, finding people in in the corporate space in a career, uh, finding people transitioning from a career into maybe their own business. And then, through that, we then get a funnel of, you know, people in relationships and everything else underneath. So I'd say biggest thing would be definitely career, you know, looking to increase, expand careers, uh, you know, start a business, be able to promote their business and if not expand their business to something bigger. Perfect. Mate, that's spot on because uh, a lot of the listeners are actually either emerging uh, designers and creatives or established designers and creatives looking to take the next step. So whether that be in a more senior role or whether it be uh, starting their own business themselves. Um, So that's, that's really cool that we'll, we'll get into um, some action steps around those um, progressive thinking uh, throughout this uh, session. Um, So mate, uh, briefly, can you tell us a little about your childhood and how you grew up? (laughs) My childhood. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I, I, I get I get this a lot. You know, talk about how you were as a child. So you know, when I'm on stage, it's it's, it's always so happy and flamboyant. And I, you know, I I can say that I really I, I love going into that extroverted space. Although when I grew up, I was actually really introverted. I was really shy. I was that that type of child that you know I didn't really want to step outside of my shoes. I, I just wanted to stay in my comfort zone. Uh, you know, I loved playing sports. I had a beautiful family. You know, we weren't wealthy, but I had a beautiful family, a loving family. I love playing sports. I guess, um, you know, another thing that's kind of interesting is I, I wasn't the best at uh, school. I wasn't the most academic person. The, um, it wasn't until I left school that I found that place within me. So a- as a child, every day of my life, it was looking for that next adventure of what could I do? Where could I go? Whether it was skateboarding, just hanging out with friends or uh, just being with family. It was just always... I was, I was that cheeky little child with a smile on his face all the time because you always think they're doing something. <laughs> yeah. No, um, that, definitely, that definitely stuck with me into my adult years. My parents had their own business and, uh, you know, they, it, it did get to a point where they were making a lot of money from it, um, although they lost that. So at a young age, I, I got to experience having and then not having, um, which is always interesting. Well, you don't what really did understand. they do, by the way? They owned a shower screen business at the time. Okay. So they, they turned over a, a maybe a million, a few million a year. I can't remember the, the amount. It was, it was probably 10, 10 to 13 at the time. Wow. But I, I got to experience, even though I was young enough to not appreciate what I was experiencing, I got to experience having money and then literally having you know hardly anything and losing a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So what I learned from them, I, I definitely learned perseverance. I learned uh, work ethic. You know, how to work really hard. I, I don't mind working hard. I don't mind working long hours. Definitely don't mind traveling. Definitely don't mind having a lot of fun. But I, I, they taught me a lot of work ethic. Um, my, my mother, she introduced me into personal development at quite a young age. So that, that created and shifted a lot of my mentality, a lot of my um, always moving forward, always taking action, always trying to, to manifest what I want at a very young age. It did take a time to to kick in, though the the introduction of everything there was there, and it, it definitely created. Um, uh, even when I was in my career, right, it definitely created a. Um, like I used to to work for Optus, and it, it created a, a drive within me that there was always more. Like it, it wasn't just money that I was going to work for. There was always a bigger reason, and it once that kicked in, poof, life changed. So uh, let's dive into NLP. Um, for yeah. those that aren't familiar with NLP, can you tell us what it stands for and what it means? Yeah, certainly. Uh, NLP. So NLP, uh, actually, it's an acronym. So it stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And uh, look, basically, what, what, what it means, NLP is, it's like what I mentioned before, it's, 
it's the study of what works and how to get the results. So how to find what it is you want. And then it's the, the process in order to get there. So it's, let's say, for example, somebody wanted to be like Richard Branson, what, what NLP would do, it would, you know, look at who Branson, Richard Branson is, you know, the, the values, the beliefs, the behaviors, everything that that person goes through in life. And then it works on being able to replicate those results, replicate those behaviors, those values in a way where you can achieve the same or if not a very similar result, you know, in, in sometimes half the time just because you're, you're cutting out all the mistakes. Hmm. So NLP, NLP, the big thing about it is it's being able to replicate results. So therefore you can be whatever you want to be. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Richard Branson because, um, you know, when I discovered NLP, uh, it would have been about maybe... 12, 13 years ago, more, mm. more even, um, uh, introduced by a book that most guys have read called The Game by Neil Strauss. <laughs> yes. um, and, and honestly, like I just found that fascinating. And then I read up about on NLP um, and then later found out, you know, that not only the, the Richard Branson's of the world, but the Oprah's of the world and the Tony yeah. Robbins of the world, they were all uh, really stuck in with NLP studying that. And, and, and so I'd love to, uh, talk more about that to help, uh, designers and creative people. Um, ultimately, um, now can you share to us about some of your biggest personal challenges transitioning from high school to finding your career path, you know, the, the pre NLP knowledge and and learning phase that you had? Yeah. You know, it's, that's such a, a good question. Um, so many people go through that, right? Like so many people are stuck in that place where it's, it's, it feels like there's nothing there, that they know there's something there, but they can't find it. For me, it was at that time. So transitioning from school was you know, being able to truly find myself, find out who I wanted to be in the world, um, how I was going to leave my mark. And, you know, I, I grew up getting told to, to get a trade and become a builder and, you know, follow that line of who, who my family were a lot of. Um, and what, what didn't, what didn't sit well with you about that? It didn't, it didn't resonate. It didn't, didn't resonate within me. I, I never had a passion. I did go into that career and I did go into the, when I say career, I did go into the building, mm. the building game and, and working construction. Although I think this is what a lot of people are facing at the moment. And this is, I guess, where I find a little passion of mine is, you know, waking up in the morning and not being happy to go, going to work, waking up in the morning and, and thinking that, you know, I just, I, I hate what I do. And it's such a strong word, but I don't like what I do. And I, mm. I'm, I'm unhappy. I'm depressed waking up, going to the career or the job I have. Though what I found for me was being able to, being able to understand and, and find that what I did in the world didn't define who I was. You know, what, when I found who I was, when I found out what I truly stood for, what I wanted to be in life, it, I realized that no matter what I did to earn money, no matter what I did as a job, it didn't define me as a person. Mm. It's what I did with the time while I was there. It's what I implemented into the world, which made the difference. So whether I was a, a builder or a, um, you know, a trainer at Optus, the, the concept was either way I'd earn money, but it's what I did with that. It's the reason why I went there that made the difference. And I, I find that if, when people find that, when people find out, really why they're here and why they want to do what they do, it shifts beyond what they're currently doing in their career. And it moves them to more of a place where they're, and it's not content, but they're grateful for the things they have in life. Mm -hmm. And when they have that, it, it becomes a place of, um, I don't know, maybe service where you're serving a bigger reason for what you're doing. Yeah. You love what you do and you love the people you hang out with while you're there. Although you let go of the BS that's behind it all. You let go of the problems that, that exist within that realm and you move forward. So, so let's take a, a, a typical uh, uh, situation that I've personally been through and a, and a lot of people that write, write to me uh, sort of um, ask about or ask advice of, and that is that, uh, hey, Ram, I am either just transitioning from high school to studying something that... Um, you know, people have expect of me, but I'm not really passionate mm -hmm. about, or I don't really want to do. Um, and I want to take this creative path. It's, it's totally uncertain. There's, 
no data that suggests that it's secure in any way. <laughs> but, um, you know, I want mm-hmm. to be a visual communicator or a designer or a creative yep. person. Um, I want yep. to uh, problem solve from a user experience point of view, or I want to take um, photos that trigger emotion, or I want to be creative to entertain, whatever it may be. You know, what would you say to people that, um, that are stuck in that, in that limbo of, um, I, I want to do that, but I, in my mind, I just don't think that it's, it's feasible or sustainable, um, or economical. Yeah. For me, it just comes back to the concept of find out what you love. You know, if it's, if it's truly what you love and you're passionate about it and you can find a way to, to make money from it, look at, at the end of the day, we still need money to live. So if you can find a way to make money from it and live, then you've got to follow your dreams, right? And it's, if you, if you hold it so strong to you that this is what you want to do, you you can do it. Now, here's the, here's the, how I sit on a fence really well. You don't have to do your dream job for your living. You know, you can have hobbies in life. There's so many, there's so many areas of your life where you can tailor it towards what you want. The big thing about it is if, and here's my advice for them, if they're coming out and unsure, there's a reason why they're unsure. And you want to look into that reason why you're unsure and make sure it aligns with what's important to you. Mm-hmm. So find out what's important to you, find out what makes you happy, find out what you would love doing. And if what you choose to study doesn't take you there, then you've got to, you've got to draw that line and be able to go, okay, well, what will get me there? You know, what is, where do I want to be in the future? And how did that person get there? So then I can follow that path. I can replicate that path opposed to, I'm just going to put my hat in the ring and see what happens. Yeah. You know? That's, that's really cool. Um, we actually have, uh, you know what, we'll, we'll dive into some questions now, some action steps that you have, but before that real quick, um, uh, you are actually the CEO and founder of NLP Academy Australia, aren't you? Yes. Um, uh, while, uh, you know, right before we get into the action steps, um, because it, ties in so well to keep this momentum. Can you just quickly tell us about how NLP Academy got started and, and how does it operate these days? Yeah, sure. I, um, so how I got started is I, I, I did a lot of training uh, in corporate, a lot of training. So a lot of cultural change, change training, a lot of sales training. And um, I, I got to a point where I, I found my, I did, I found my passion. I was about maybe 27 years old, 20, maybe even 25. can't remember the exact days, but I found what my true purpose was. And I found my gift was being able to teach others, serve others. And you know, I wish I found it earlier in life, though I found it. And that, that filled up a lot of me in being complete. Um, it, it created, uh, it got rid of a lot of the parts that were in conflict, like what you were just talking about. And when I created that, I, well, sorry, when I had that within myself, I, I wanted to find a way to be able to deliver that to the world. You know, how was I going to leave my mark on the world and how was I going to contribute to the world? And that's when I, I came up with the idea of NLP Academy Australia. So this is just one branch of what I do in life. It's a big branch. This is my business. It's my my um, it's my world at the moment. Though I got started in a way where I wanted to make a big difference. I knew NLP well, so I found a, a nice bridge between there, being able to go, okay, cool. Well, I can deliver these skills. I'm I'm great at these skills. I love these skills, and now I'm at a point where I, I do get to live my my life. I get to live every day in a place where, yes, I make money from it, although I get to contribute to the world. I get to take our coaches, our clients through these steps that we're talking about here in order to be able to get them the results they want so they can be happy in life. Mm. Uh, but again, it's still, it started with the, you know, that driving force as a child of wanting to be more like I, I always felt that I wanted to, I always felt that the job wasn't enough. I always felt like a, going to work nine to five wasn't enough. I always felt there was more for me and when I found this, this was my my first entry level into having that. Mm, nice. All right. So let's get into some uh, process phases or action steps, perhaps, um, regarding practical things that the audience can do immediately, uh, not only for design, uh, for their design and creative career progression, but also their personal lives. Um, we were talking about four steps that you had. Do you want to f- fire the first one out of the gates? Yeah. The um, first one is, is definitely, you know, know what you want to do, you know, know what, and we just mentioned this before, we touched on it before, but know what you want to do and know why you want to do it. Mm. You know, what, what you want to do again, will not define you. 
but the reason why you do it will give it meaning. So understand what it is you want in life, understand why you want it, and then have that as your driving force in what you create in the next few steps. Okay. So would you suggest they just get a pen and paper and just write it down? It, it depends on the person, though. I, I would always say um, I'm a big fan of writing things down. You, you look at my, my table here, I've got a big whiteboard on top of my table and on my wall behind me. So whenever, whenever ideas are flowing, I, I love writing them down. This is full of notes. So yeah, definitely. If, if it's for you, write them down. If you're the type of person, you know, nowadays, you know, video is a huge right. If you're the type of person, get a camera out and mm-hmm. film yourself saying what you want to do, but exude the passion through what you're saying. I think the big thing is when, whether you're writing and a lot of people say that your soul flows through your pen, mm-hmm. it's the same with a video. If, if you're doing it and you're authentic and you're, you're meaning what you say, it will come across that way and you will resonate with yourself there. And guess what? Once you're, once you're in alignment there, things will happen. Things will be created for you in the universe just so you can make it happen. I love that. So yeah, write it down, uh, create a video. You might, you might just record your voice. Like if you're very auditory, record your voice and listen to it, whatever works. But three, yeah, three things there. Let's just point them out. So we've got a dot point for it is yeah, write them down. You know, some people like writing pages, some people just three points, write it down. You could film yourself with a video or just do a recording. Nice. Yeah. And it'd be interesting, isn't it? If you do the video, which uh, I love that suggestion, uh, watching yourself back a year from when you recorded yeah. that uh, would be incredibly powerful. So it's a great way of being grateful for where you are now. Mm, Look at where you were a year ago and you know, you, most people, most people have changed so much since then. So Perfect. All right. So step one there is, is uh, define what you want and why you want it. Uh, mm-hmm. Totally in line with what I uh, sort of advise as well. Um, I really love that. Um, because if you don't know, you know, uh, what you want, then you don't know where you're going. It's, it's, I always say that it's almost like a soccer player kicking a soccer ball around without goalposts. You don't yeah. know what you're aiming for. Yeah. Or with your, with your eyes shut, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and okay. So what's the next, next out of uh, second step out of four? So the second step is you've just got to step beyond the first step. So just knowing what you want, but now you want to be able to create and uncover the steps and the processes or the strategies in order to get there. So it could be maybe finding a mentor that's already done it and asking them a couple of questions in order to understand what steps they took in order to get where they were. Right. And it has to do with the modeling that you were saying before of, uh, you know, finding people that you potentially admire um, and, and sort of mimic a lot of their behaviors and, and their own strategies to get to where they, they got to. Yeah. So mimic, mimic's a great word, right? Cause we grew up getting told that was wrong. You know, don't mimic, don't copy, don't parrot people. You know what? Do that. <laughs> yeah. Do that, do that every day in your life. And you will find, you will find that you will create what you want to create a lot quicker. Definitely. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is exactly the reason why I'm, I'm launching my next book titled how to get a mentor as a designer. Um, mm. because, you know, that was the one thing when I asked uh, all the uh, people on my mailing list, uh, what is what is one thing I can do to help you uh, with? And they were all struggling with finding a mentor. Um, and, and it's funny because that means that they understand the importance of finding a mentor. They just don't know how to get one. Um, you know, what, what are your uh, biggest tips on, on, on A, getting a mentor and then sort of implementing, uh, imp- implementing a, a plan that becomes... Clear, yeah, clearer than before. That's a really good question. The in in finding a mentor, it, you firstly want to you really want to find someone who you resonate with. You know, there's usually a lot of people who have achieved what you want, uh, especially nowadays. So you want to you want to be able to find the one that you resonate most uh, emotionally, mentally, thoughts, ideas, values. Because if you find yourself going down the path of the towards what you want, though not the path you want to go you'll go through a lot of challenges. So you want to find someone firstly who you really resonate with. Find somebody that you get along with. Find somebody that you respect to take their advice. Uh, secondly is, you know what? I think this is um, a big thing and, and I wish I learned earlier in my, my childhood to let this go. Don't be afraid. You know, it's a lot of people are afraid from taking this step. So a lot of people can sit there and say, I know what I want and know why I want to do it, though I, I don't know anyone who's done it. You know what? I, I, you know, a lot of people, without saying it this way, I call BS on that because mm. you can, you can, if you want it bad enough, you will find the person. If you want it bad enough, the person will find you. you know, we'll, I think, you know, Ren, we were just talking about this earlier, mm. where there's so many people out there who want to help others, so many people that are already there that want to help other people grow. 
the the thing that stops the the person finding them is their own their own belief their own fear of maybe what will people think uh, what will happen if I make it what will happen if I don't make it what will happen if I fail let go of all that stuff and you know what you're just gonna you've got to and this is going to tie into our next one you're just got to take action mm. and go and approach them go and approach them and ask them for help you know it's it's like closing a sale you need to ask for the sale in order to be able to mostly most of the time make the sale yeah and, and here's the thing right with with asking uh sometimes it's a numbers game you know <laughs> like <laughs> you know you, you well first of all if you don't ask you're never going to get and second of all um when i say the numbers game i'm talking like in my first uh week out after graduating from design school, I sent 300 emails <laughs> and only maybe two or three, that's not a joke, two or three repl- rep- replied with, with potential sort of meetups. Mm. And, and this is the thing, right? And, and, and I think a, a lot of um, people, including myself starting out, thought that the standard was, you know, midway when really, no, no, you, your standard has to be much higher than that. Your, your capacity for, um, for your pain threshold has to be much, oh, yeah. much higher than that. Yeah. Um, what you might think is, is a struggle isn't actually the standard, you, you know, like of, 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 uh, you know, breaking through to get progress. It's not just 40 emails, 50 yeah. emails, 60 emails. Yeah. It's far more than that. And, and I love how you brought up, um, the fear factor, mm-hmm. um, because often, you know, I, I personally describe fear as, as false constructs, um, built on untested assumptions. Yeah. Um, and it's very much that it's just, mm. you haven't tested it out. So you've got to go out there and likely you will fail, but you're going to learn from that. And, um, you know, in terms of what you were saying about getting, getting mentors as well, you know, when you get one, we're actually fast tracking our, our learning. And, you know, the life we have right now, as we know, is the result of what we currently know. So mm. when we know more, we'll do more. Um, it's such a, um, such a simple concept, but, yeah. you know, we really need to, to live it. Certainly. And if I could, if I could admit, like you touched on such a great point, you know, you sent out 300 emails to get two, three replies. Mm. You know, people, people hold that personal where, you know, getting used to no's um, is a good, I, I believe is a really good thing. Getting used to failure is a good thing because when you're used to it, you can move through it a lot quicker. You know, it's just feedback. It's feedback for what you need to do to be able to, sorry, what you need to not do to be able to get there, right? So it's, it's the process of going, if somebody says no to me, it's not a personal attack on me. And I, I think this is something people, there's a lot of insecurity in some people that hold on to this, that if they say no to me, it's me, where it's not, it's just, Maybe right now, energetically in the universe, right now in life, it's not ready to happen for you with that person. So you, if you're the type of person, and I'm, I'm big for this, if the door's not there, build it. If the door is now there, break it down. If it's sorry, if it's if it's locked, break it down. Your job is to always push through the next level. So if that person's not available, move on to the next person. And you, you know, it might not even be emails. It might be, you know, what? Screw this. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wake up this morning. I'm going to have a day off work, and I'm just going to go knock on businesses doors and try and find someone I can have a meeting with. Mm. You know, there's, there's so many, like think contextually outside of the box yeah, and you will get there. I love that. One other point I want to note, if that's okay. Go for it. One other point is, um, and it just slipped my mind here, but it, it was, oh, that's right. One other point is a lot of people think it's in a relationship, it's 50, 50. So I have to give 50% of the energy towards a relationship and they have to give 50, 50. When you're looking for a mentor, a lot of the time you have to put in 90, 98, 99% of the energy in order to get your 1%, which is your answers. Mm. So know that when you're doing it, you may have to make most of the effort. You may have to make, and look, a lot of the times you do have to make most of the effort in order to get things rolling. So you might have to chase up emails. You might have to call them. You might have to, you know, not badger them, but you might have to be there in front of them time and time again to make it happen opposed to no i've already spoken to them once they can contact me when they're ready yeah so that makes sense so no it totally makes sense and the reason why it, it does is because we can all acknowledge that 
you know, the culture we live in is incredibly fast paced. It's the, the culture of the thumb scrolling through feeds, instantaneous messaging, which creates instantaneous, uh, you know, feelings of wanting results quicker than ever before. And therefore it's breeding this culture of entitlement whereby, Mm. you know, we feel that we should be getting results far quicker or we should be putting in 50 and they should be coming 50 when to your point, man, exactly. I love that. It's, it's about doing the 99% and having the answers filled by the golden 1% that you're looking for from a mentor who's done it, yeah. uh, who's living what you ultimately want, want to be um, doing yourself. Um, I really, really admire that because, you know, often I get um, a lot of people who, who actually wonder why they're not getting jobs because a they've actually knocked jobs back that yeah. are great for getting your foot in the door Correct. and when i say foot in the door yes it means that you might need to get coffees yes you might need to do admin yes you might need to change freaking light bulbs and mm-hmm. order, order printer toner ah oh, so true but they're not they're not accepting these jobs because they you know some people do feel that because they've paid 60, 80, 100K on studying at the, some of the top design schools in the world for four years, that they feel that they're entitled. Yeah. So, uh, and, and look, if you want a strategy on here's something, here's something people can do, here's a process somebody can go through. Uh, the big thing that I, I definitely, and I, I look, I've just went through this in my life, and I know you start where you started as well, Ram, in the mailroom. Is that right? Yeah, that's, that's right. right. In the mailroom, man, of Ogilvy and Maydar. <laughs> Such good times. <laughs> The, um, is letting go of attachment. You're letting go of attachment to, you know, what it is you want. Put what you want out there in the universe. So set your. I'm huge with intentions. Like intentions is for me one of the most powerful words. But put your intention out there for what you want. But then let go of the attachment to it. So you're again not defined by what you want. You're not defined by it. So if you do have to start in the in the mail room and you've done your degree, uh, you know, I've known people who've done their masters and they've started off in retail, mm. but they're now in a place where they're earning 100, 150,000 a year four years later because they took the entry point to grow through the, the chain, right? Yeah. Um, so let go of attachment. Let go of attachment to who you think you need to be. You know, especially in corporate, let go of the attachment of the title that's on your um, business card. Let go of that attachment and understand that your journey is to go through the process and evolve through the process. In that way, you will become who you want to be. Yeah, it's oh man, I love this because it just reminded me of the uh, the whole uh, topic of abundance, mm. and and a lot of the times the myth is that abundance uh, is about firstly financial, and it's it's of having a lot of money or having a lot of skills or assets or whatever it is to take you to that next level. When really uh, abundance is a three sixty experience, in my opinion, it is using what you have now and building upon that, meaning you have the tools and the gifts right now. And although it might seem in the tiniest incremental infancy stages of that, you're, you've got it, you've, you know, and a lot of people fail to almost, you know, trust in their abilities. Again, speaking from experience, I was one of those people, <laughs> you know, and I'm totally just, you know, speaking to that younger uh, version of myself, you <laughs> know, um, advising him and, and it, you know, for guys and girls listening that, you know, you have the foundation right there and um, it, it's about building upon that. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the third step. So we, we covered the first step about defining what you want and why what we just spoke about just now is the second step is, is, uh, create, uncover, get the process, find the mentors. Exactly. And what's next, uh, Aaron on step three. Now you're looking at, we, we tied in quite well there. Now you're looking at the point where you have to take, oh, we, look, you don't have to do anything right here. Right? You have to take action. Sure. You don't have, you can do whatever you want in life. But at this point, if you want to be able to produce a result, uh, you have to take action. You need to walk into a place where you're taking action. Uh, an analogy that I, I like to say a lot is, um, you can't just sit there and meditate on money and then expect a, a bag full of money to fall to your lap. Right. You know, the phone won't just ring and say, hey, Ram, I just want to let you know that I, I, I know you want this, so I'm just going to give you X amount of dollars. It's like what I say, uh, uh, wishful thinking is not a strategy. Yeah, wishful thinking is yeah. not a strategy. So you want, to be, you want to, at this point, be able to implement, take action on what your processes are. 
So take action on finding your, like actually engaging your mentors, take action in the steps that they give you. If they say, I did these five things, if you do these five things, you will get here in X amount of time. You need to do those things in order to get there. You can't just sit at your table and expect that your manager will do them for you or, you know, your, your partner or whoever is in your life. You can't expect those people to do it for you. You need to be in a place where, uh, this is going to sound so so corny, but you're manifesting and you're creating the life you want to create through the action, you're, you're through the energy you're projecting. Yeah, you're, you're being accountable. Very much so accountable, yeah. You want to take action. Take action and implement what your learnings are. Perfect. Okay, so step four, uh, what's the final step to kind of um, uh, you know see uh, progress for all those designers and creative people listening to progress to whatever that looks like for them? Mm. So step four, this comes from a lot of what I've learned. So this would be my personal opinion. So here I'm going to project this onto all your listeners. But the, the fourth step is to then be of service. So the quickest way to learn something is to, to learn it, learn how to teach it, and then teach others. And that embeds it at a deeper level, right? Mm, I like so that. lesson four, step four, would be then to be able to teach and pay forward, be able to serve, serve others through the process. So as you're climbing the ladder, as you're growing in your career, as you're growing in your company, find other people who want the same and who are at the point. And a lot of people say you usually coach, you usually mentor people that are around where you were five years ago. So you find those people and you start to help them go through the process. So they're, therefore, when they, let me just get this right, as they transition through each level, you're implementing at a deeper level unconsciously your understanding of growing through those levels. Yeah. I mean, in a simple way, when I uh, share a story and it could be the fifth, sixth, seventh time I've shared a story, whether it be on stage or to a friend, I'm almost experiencing what I learned again. Mm. And it's an incredible way to, um, to, as you say in that word, embed what you've learned at, mm. at a deeper level. And in, mm. in a way, um, you know, we all have the capacity to serve others and pay it forward. Now, now for designers and creatives, um, how do you think we can uh, sort of extend or not extend, uh, sort of merge our creative consciousness with our creative abilities? That's cool, right? Well, um, I, I think, you know, Maybe, I, look, this came up for me just then, so I'm going to throw it out there, but it. it's letting go of scarcity. Hmm. You know, I, I feel that, especially in corporate, there's there's times where some people genuinely just want people to grow. Some people genuinely want to give, but there's others where people think that if, I, if other people grow around me, they may take my job. Hmm. Yes. It's letting go of scarcity, but being able to do so in a, in a place where, you know, it's, it's like what we're just talking about with being grateful imagine what you were like five years ago when you were looking for your mentor and imagine what you wanted then be that person, sorry, from a mentor, be that person because you will attract the right people, but you might be the type of person, a mentor where at this point where you're serving and pay it forward, where you actually go out looking for people who want it. You know, like look at yourself, right? You're putting yourself out there in every different possible way where people can find you and say, you know, Ram, how can you help me get here? And you're, you're doing all these different types of things to serve them. You're putting yourself out there so they can find you. That's what I would say the big thing is. At that point, you want to find a way where you can attract the people you want to help so then you can have more people grow. Yeah, totally. And, and you know, now is, is the era to do it in such an effortless way. I'm not saying it doesn't, it doesn't require effort, but in an effortless way in that yeah. most of us have smartphones. Most of us listening to this means that you have the internet and, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's about putting content out there that is true to you because you will attract the same people. Now, whether you're a packaging designer, whether you're into art and craft, whether you're into UX design, whether you're into branding, whatever it is, um, the more consistent you are with putting that out there, you are serving others who need mm. that. And as you said, others who look to look up to you, um, you know, whether it be five years from now, they will be looking up to you or whether they're looking up to you already because you're doing such amazing, inspiring work. Um, and you are setting an example through your action and your, your 
manifesting that on the social media space and on the online world. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Huge. There you go. All right, guys. That's super cool. So I love those steps. Um, Mate, uh, on your academy, uh, NLP Australia, uh, Academy Australia, you offer a, a bunch of training courses. And um, so I've picked four key areas to take all these four steps to an even deeper level. Uh, there are four key areas uh, that I think would really resonate with the audience as part of your curriculum. Um, and I know uh, you cover these in depth over days and weeks. Um, but, yeah. you know, we'll see how we go for time. If you can just give us a little taste, almost, uh, you know, <laughs> a, a, a top line view. Uh <laughs> This question was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And and it's it's just too good not to talk about. So there are four key areas. Uh the first one being about behavioral integration and NLP principles. Can you can you talk just a little bit about, about that? Yeah, certainly. Um oh god, this is a big topic. I know, too. right? The, um behavioral, let's just make it simple, right? Behavioral integration is being able to create the behaviors that will help you get to where you want to be. That's it. So I'll give you a really good example because I'm I'm huge, and I Ram, you're, you're like this as well. But I'm huge with my morning routine. Like I, yeah. my morning routine sets me up for the day that I want to create. So from a behavioral integration, it's doing the behaviors that are necessary for me to be able to create what I want to create. So in the morning, you know, I I wake up, I I take my deep breaths, I shoot out my my energy, my breath, and then I um, jump up and down. I do some yoga. I go to the gym. I have the an organic smoothie. Uh, yeah, my my ritual for my mornings are really sound. That is behavioral integration. You might have to do certain things at work to be able to create what you want to create. Create the behaviors that will create what you want, not the behaviors that won't. Yeah. Big big difference there. Big difference. So you want it. Here you need to be really intuitive. You need to understand what works and what doesn't work. So when you're finding what's not working, you're changing it, and that's that's the NLP principle. So it's just going through and understanding what behaviors work what behaviors don't work and then making sure people do the behaviors that work. Mate, are you just, do you define it very simply? I love it. Honestly, that, that's well, really cool. No, I was just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that was, that's good. And, and just to, just to add on top of that a little bit, if, if I can, the, um, uh, the thing that, uh, that has helped me, especially kickstarting this year is not actually focusing on my goals, but focusing on, uh, the habits, mm-hmm. um, because for example, drink more water, uh, breathe in the morning and have your morning meditation, uh, mm. go to the gym. I'm actually focusing on those as habits mm. and then the goals come, the yeah. goals get knocked down. And, and a lot of people, um, uh, you know, almost put too much weight on the, on the goals. Um, and, and it's, it's more about for me focusing on on the action steps that we were kind of talking about earlier. So, so yeah. embedded in that is, is the habits and the behaviors. So, so I just, it, this came up and I, I think it's really important for what you just said. Cause it's so right. It's so true. It's learning to love the process, not the outcome. Hmm. Love the process to get where you want to go, not the outcome itself. Exactly. All right. So the next one is, uh, an area that, um, I'm hugely passionate about um, because it, it actually took me so long to develop and that is understanding rapport and how to use it. Mm. So, um, yeah, an overview here. Uh, this one's even bigger. <laughs> so just to, to touch on this, you know, really briefly, rapport, you know, what is rapport for those who don't know? Rapport is the essence of connection with another person. So, you know, a long time ago, they used to say that it was just a, a feeling that two people would get when they're in each other's presence. Mm. It, it did become a lot deeper and it has become a lot deeper since then. Although the big thing behind rapport is rapport is that, that moment when you feel like there's no one else around you other than the people that you're communicate with, communicating with there and then. So it's being able to harness and understand how to do rapport, how to use rapport so you can create those experiences opposed to just letting them happen. Because if you think about when you're finding a mentor, if you're finding a mentor and you want to you have mentors work with you, the best way to go about it is to be in rapport. Big part of rapport is being like the person. Mm-hmm. So if you, that's what I was saying before, make sure you'll find someone you resonate with because when you're like them, it's really easy to create rapport. So what, you, what you, your big thing with rapport is and how we use rapport as an overview is being able to be like a person who you want to interact with Therefore, you'll create really quick connections, really quick rapport. From there, you can move on to you know the next phases. Rapport, yeah. though, is the basis. The f- rapport is that framework of relationships 
Oh my God, it's so huge. Rapport is is the essence. It yeah. is the essence. And 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 I uh, I also um, like what you said there about um, about you know almost finding commonalities right with the person that you want to communicate with or that you're speaking to. And and thing that springs to mind is doing uh, and applying this in interview situations, um, not just from a physical sense of of you know almost mirroring them, but uh, not, not really even just that it's about researching who they are prior. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, did you grow up in the same town as them? Do you uh, follow the same football team as them? Do mm. you, um, you know, do you, uh, have the same interests as them? Um, whatever it is. And, and, you know, that even on a basic level will help you on your rapport building, if, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah, certainly. You know, the, the great examples that I love to give, you know, one of them is, you know, when you find somebody who went to the same school as you, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you don't know this person for a bar of soap, but love the bar of soap, right? Yeah. But you don't know this person at all. And then all of a sudden you have a chat and you find out you went to the same school and instantly, instantaneously, there unless you really didn't like your school, but if you did like it, instantaneously, there's a connection that's built between the two. Yeah, it's like you're part of a team, right? Yeah, you're a part of a team and you, you know, you're straight away, you're smiling, you're laughing, you're joking, no matter what you're talking about, because the concept is, or depends how you communicate, but the concept is in that moment, you've created a mutual understanding with each other. Yeah. And, and this is so important guys, you know, that are listening when you are struggling to, to connect with uh, a person, whether it be on LinkedIn or, or sending an email, uh, sorry, not struggling to connect, but struggling to write something mm. of relevance. There's a bit in there that, that most people forget. And because I know this people write me, write to me a lot and just almost do like a cold call version of an email yeah. and, and just, you know, without any uh, research of, of, and finding a bit that they can create rapport with me with, yeah. um, they, they just go in straight for a, I'm this check out my portfolio as opposed yeah. to, Hey, stumbled across your work on this or loved the blog post that you wrote about this, that led me to you or, you know, there's, there's something there about, yeah. about linking uh, and communicating in a relevant, deeper way in your introduction that a lot of us can um, can sort of further um, utilize. Yeah, like if I can throw out a tip here, right? This is the, the best way to, whether it's sales, whether it's going into an interview, whether it's going into finding a mentor, whatever it is, but the, what you're saying is perfect. And as a tip, right, to, to make it really, really digestible, the, the perfect way to approach someone is to find out what they like and what they're into and it might be, as you said, somebody has written an article and you might, you might, I might write, Ram, Ram, I read your article about this or I read your book and I absolutely loved it. Is it okay we catch up sometime so we can have a chat about it? Because I'd love to find out more information. Now, straight away, I've said nothing about who I am, my agenda of, you know, getting Ram as a mentor. It's nothing there is that. It is literally, I'm really just interested in who you are and I'd love to catch up. And I will say, you know, if somebody sends out 300 emails like that, there's a very, very good chance you'll get a high return of reply saying, even if it's just a, look, I'm really busy and I can't catch up or a, I would love to catch up and talk, talk more. Cause what people love speaking about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It, it's absolutely true. Those massive big emails, people write, people write, and it's just, it, it becomes a spam. It, they, they don't work. Yeah. It needs to be individual. It needs to be tailored to that person. And and it and it reminds me actually of of the first episode of the Giant Thinkers podcast where we had Chris McLean on, uh, who's the uh, creative director of uh, Re at MNC Saatchi, yeah. uh, previously the executive creative director for Interbrand for seven years. And he actually said this super simple, exactly what you were you were saying. And he said, "Don't ask for a job, ask for advice." Yeah, spot uh, on. Oh man, and that's that's so cool. All right, so let's move on to the third one, which is which is about anchoring. Um, anchoring, yeah. Anchoring, man. I think this one uh, <laughs> a lot of people have heard perhaps about, but don't really know what or how to activate an anchor <laughs> within themselves. Like, how, how can we use it? Okay, so uh, my brain just I'm putting this in the context that's going to work with here. All right, so anchoring. Let's to, say to- let's say before going to an interview. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah. anchoring, anchoring is putting your yourself in a in a certain place before things happen. So 
let's say, for example, I, I've got an anchor just so people, people who don't know what anchoring is, every time your phone rings, what do you automatically do? Like if you hear, even if you hear the buzz sound of the vibrate, you usually respond in a certain way, whether your hands go to grab your phone, your hand goes to your pocket, your hand back, however you do it. Um, that the anchor is that that vibrate causes an action. It causes an emotion that that drives up inside of you. So what you want to do is you want to understand where you have your anchors. Now, some people have an anchor that when they go for an interview, they get really nervous. So you want to be able to shift that. Some people get anxiety, uh, have anxiety before they go for an interview. Mm -hmm. So something cool to do is to to change your anchors, you you need to to look at what causes the anchor. This is going to be so deep. So I really hope people get this. You need to look at what causes the anchor and you need to break that. You need to shift that towards something different. So let's say, for example, I get an interview and my first, my first, my first thoughts are, what will they think of me? Or my first first thoughts are, well, I'm going to have to sit in front of a panel of three people. Mm-hmm. What I will start to do is I'll change that to something different. It might be a place of gratitude. I am so grateful that I got the interview. Or maybe it might be excellent. I got the interview and straight away I think about how good the interview is going to go. Did you think about this, right? And, and this is something I, I guess I, I go through a lot. This is probably a big topic I teach and you know, I spend a full day on this. The um, With anchoring, if you can see things the way you want it, if you can imagine things the way you want it, a lot of the time you will move towards that. If you imagine things going the way you don't want them, you're definitely going to move towards that too. Mm-hmm. So if you're an interviewer and you're about to walk in there and your anchor is anxiety, um, nerves, you, know, you might start sweating, you might start breathing shallow. You want to be able to look at what's caused that and you go, okay, cool, what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about things going wrong in the interview. Shift it and start thinking about how things will go right in the interview. It, this is the same with how you get a mentor. This is the same with how you approach your partner in life, mm-hmm. your children in life. Imagine it going the way you want to and then respond accordingly. Hmm. So therefore, you'll get in your interview and you won't be frazzled up and nervous. You'll actually be calm, collected and ready to approach situation. Unreal. Mate, I love that. Love it. That was solid. That was perfect. That made sense. Oh, total sense. I loved it. Um, All right. So the final one we'll talk about um, out of, uh, you know, some key areas of of your training here Mm -hmm. is uh, reframing. Uh, What's a technique you can share with us? to help us reframe situations? I guess it, it kind of ties in with anchoring. So, it does, yeah. so what, is, what is something that we can do? So reframing is a big part of anchoring where, you know, mentally, and this is all for yourself, right? You can do this on other people or with other people. Let me rephrase that. So this is, um, reframing is a big part of that. How, the easiest way I could say reframing is people have perceptions, people have ideas, people have beliefs in life. And it, let's just say the belief is interviews are scary. Now, a reframe for that would be changing uh, a part of that to something different. So let's say, for example, you said to me, hey, Aaron, I don't like interviews because they're scary. I could say, though, have you ever noticed that interviews are quite exciting or interviews are quite rewarding when you succeed? Mm. All I'm doing is shifting someone's brain from thinking of the negative to the positive. Yeah, nice. Now, a big part of this, just to give a, a big context of it, is it's imagine a box and when you have that belief of not you, Ron, but anybody has that belief that interviews are scary, I know you love them, but because um, you, you are awesome at them. Uh, only after like 200 of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, the hard thing is when you're in a box, it's hard to see outside the box. Mm. The reframe helps a person move outside the box so they can look at it contextually and then mm. understand where the solutions are. So um, big thing with reframing is, and this will be for, for ourselves, right? How we do it is whenever we're going through a situation in life, whether it's an interview, whether you're looking for a um, mentor and a mentor says, I'm busy, and you could throw out a question of if you weren't busy, is there a way we could make it happen? Now, all I'm doing is changing the, all I'm doing is changing the way they look at what they've said and trying to find a different way of seeing it. Hmm. Love it. That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. So we've got a couple of questions left before we wrap up, mate. Um, a question I ask most of my guests here, if you could travel back in time for 30 seconds and speak to junior Aaron, perhaps the, uh, <laughs> the youngster finishing high school in Campbelltown there, uh, what would you tell him? Oh, well, 30 seconds. I only get 30 seconds. That's it. You've used five now. So. Uh, okay. Hold up. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. What I, I would go straight to probably invest in Google. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, get that, get that going. But no, it'd be more of, you know, save your money. Um, uh, let me just roll this out. So be, you know, be true to yourself, be authentic. Um, 
learn to love helping others. Learn to love helping others more than yourself. Um, don't care what other people think. It's just their perception. Mm. Biggest thing that I would I finally got here is I would I'd get to is evolve, evolve, evolve beyond the which I mentioned earlier is evolve, evolve beyond the I need and the I want to the I already have. And the big one that I'm focusing on now is the I am. I am it already. That's so powerful, man. Love it. Um, all right. So, who has been an impactful giant thinker in your life? You know, perhaps the the person who has inspired you to think bigger and dig deeper in in helping you reach your full potential. Mm. Uh, I, hope, I hope your listeners resonate with this. I, I would say there's there's never been one big one, but there's been a lot of little ones. Mm. So everybody I go to, I find out you know how I resonate with them and what I would like to you know add on to myself from them. How I would like to install and be able to create that. But I, I would say um, I got to do a big shout out here to to two people. One is um, my buddy I grew up with, James. You know he, he did. You know, I don't think he knows it, but he had such a big impact on my childhood and who I became. But the other one is um, a really close mate of mine now, Edward Smith from the UK. He's always expanding my brain. Every time I, every time I bring something up, for example, look, we're going to go to some offices. And he's like, why, why are you getting offices? Why don't you just buy the whole building? Like he's always challenging my brain to think bigger. Love it. And they are definitely, definitely expands my thinking. So I'm just going to leave that with, you know, definitely always think bigger. Think bigger and then come back. Where can we get in touch with them? Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. All right, so look, what's next for you and everything you're involved in for this year and beyond? Yeah, we've got a big goal. I set a big intention. Uh, I want to train a million people in the next uh, ten years. So we're going to have to. We've got a lot of a big task ahead, though. For that means for me, we're going global. Uh, so we're going to take our brand global. Do a lot more in. Um, a lot more in helping people evolve quicker through their own thinking so they can become more quicker. Mm. Like our, our big brand at the moment is um, earn more. So once people earn more, they get the achievement, become more, they've now got the gratification of the achievement, but then they can evolve into contribute more and be and, and use that to create more other people like them in the future. That's unreal, mate. That's very, very powerful stuff. Um, okay, so how can listeners get in touch with you online? Yeah, certainly. So they can jump on our Facebook. Our Facebook is facebook.com forward slash NLP Academy Australia. Shoot us a message there. Uh, like us for sure. Jump on and like us. We love love the feedback. Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is, I don't know how it works, but I'm pretty sure it's twitter.com forward slash Aaron Longmore. Uh, you can jump on our website, nlpacademyaustralia.com.au and, um, or just even shoot us an email. The contact details are all there, but but we love to, if there's anything we can assist with in their lives for their, their growth, their personal growth in any way, uh, more than happy to, to give anything that they need. Uh, just, I will say though, the biggest thing is take action and actually approach people for what you want. Don't sit in the bleachers. Don't sit back and hold back. Make it happen. If, you, if you're desiring something, make it happen. Yes, manifest it. Although your actions towards it will create a lot quicker in manifestation. Perfect, mate. That's really cool. So we'll we'll end on that very uh, you know inspiring and definitely motivational and practical note there, Aaron. Thank you so much for making our brain tingle. Thanks, buddy. Uh, sharing your knowledge with us on the Giant Thinkers podcast, you've given us gold, and I appreciate you being so generous and open. I wish you mountains of continued happiness and success, mate. Such an honor. Thank you so much. I so again so humbled, so humbled, so humbled to be in presence. So thank you. Cheers. Giants, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found that as interesting and useful as I did. It's definitely an expertise quite different to other guests I've had on before. And I think that's a good thing for all of us. Now, the next guest is going to resonate with all of you, I'm sure. As a teaser, he is the managing director and co-founder of a business venture that he founded at just 19 years of age. Profits from the sale of their products are used to provide clean drinking water, health and hygiene products, and short-term food aid. Last year alone, this young gentleman donated in excess of $2.5 million to charity, an incredible business and social enterprise success who has become a recipient in the 2014 Junior Chamber International 10 Young Outstanding People of the World program. Now, if you haven't already, it would mean the world to me if you leave a quick review on iTunes by heading to giantthinkers.com slash podcast review. It'll take you right there. Lastly, a reminder to check out Solver, the app that functions as a calculator, spreadsheet, and notepad 
all in one. Just type your problem and Solver shows you the answer. It's smarter and clearer than a calculator and quicker to use than a spreadsheet. Available for Mac, iPad, and iPhone. They've even been generous enough to give listeners 20% off the discount is already applied if you head to giantthinkers.com slash solver. That's S-O-U-L-V-E-R. The clickable link is also on this podcast post. Uh, now it's time to say goodbye for now. And as Aaron advises, when making decisions, ask yourself, is it good for me, for others, and the environment? If it doesn't tick these boxes, then find what does. What does? 